Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, President of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about ministry leadership, particularly focused on practical issues about leading ministry organizations and churches today. Today I'd like to uh, go a little bit different direction on the podcast, and that is uh, talk with you about a subject that uh, really has application to leaders, but in a couple of different ways than we might normally do here on the podcast. Uh, first of all, I, I want to talk today about um, the subject of the stewardship of parenting. Now, before you turn me off because you don't have any children, uh, or maybe your children are older, uh, listen to the two reasons I want to talk about this subject uh, on this podcast. First, I want to talk about the stewardship of parenting because some of you are parents, and you need a perspective on parenting that is uh, overarching, a worldview perspective, if you will, or a grand or global vision for parenting, if you will. So much of parenting teaching and parenting seminars and conferences, appropriately so, uh, focuses on the details of parenting, how to modify behavior, uh, how to teach skills, uh, how to develop character. Man, that stuff is all really important. I, I've taught on some of it myself in various contexts. But as a parent, I'd like for you to have a broader perspective on uh, what's happening with you in your overarching role as a parent. But the second reason I want to talk about this today is because of a concern I have about what I see happening in the Christian community related to parenting. The concern I have is the overemphasis on being protective of our children and of developing a symbiotic emotional relationships with our children that bind them to us for an extended period of time, if not for a lifetime. Now, I realize that I can be misunderstood at this point. I definitely believe in protecting children, especially very small children, uh, from all kinds of influence that might come into their lives in the culture in which we're living. I'm definitely uh, for protecting children. I'm definitely for having close emotional relationships with our children, uh, and I, I want that to continue into adulthood as it has in our family. But what I'm talking about today is not... Um, developing good emotional relationships or protecting children appropriately. What I'm talking about is a concern that I have in the Christian community that the Christian parenting movement has become equated with protecting our children at all costs from anything the world might do to them or from them having to interface with or interact with the world in which they're living and creating this emotional dependency on us and us on them so that we stay linked very closely together throughout a lifetime. I think that a perspective on parenting that I call the stewardship of parenting brings some balance uh, in this area and some needed balance as we as leaders teach, model, and help other parents uh, to do a good job in this regard. It's interesting, as I've taught on this, even most recently at a church situation, as I've taught on this subject, uh, I've had a very strong positive response from parents saying, thank you. I felt so guilty because I wasn't able to live up to these unrealistic expectations of protection and emotional, uh, emotional connection. Uh, you've given me a, a, a better perspective, a more balanced perspective, and that's really what I'm trying to do. So uh, I'm speaking to you today because you're leaders and you do have children and you do need to have a perspective on them as stewards in their lives. But I'm also speaking to you as leaders who have influence other, over others who are parents as you preach and teach and model in this area. And I'm challenging you uh, to bring some balance to this understanding of what it means to be a, 
protect, to protect our children and to be emotionally connected with our children. So let's talk about the stewardship of parenting. Uh, stewardship is a concept that's normally uh, equated to or connected with money. When we talk about stewardship of money in the Bible, we mean that, or we recognize that God owns everything and that God controls everything, and that as stewards, we're just using or managing that which really belongs to someone else. The stewardship of parenting borrows the same idea. The stewardship of parenting recognizes that our children belong to God. They are ultimately His responsibility and it is our privilege to ultimately teach them how to live in responsible relationship, not to us or even to others, but primarily in relationship with God. Now, one good model for this is, as parents is Hannah and Elkanah from 1 Samuel chapter 1. Hannah and Elkanah, or Elkanah recognized God as the source of their children. In chapter 1, verses 10, 11, and 20, they, they called out to God. They recognized he was the source of their children. They thanked them, or of their child Samuel, and they thanked God when he was born. And in chapter 1, verses 23, 27, and 28, they acknowledged very clearly that Samuel belonged to God. Now, this is just one model in Scripture of a couple who recognized that their, children, their child came from God and that their child belonged to God. So I would say the same thing about your children. Your children came from God, and they ultimately belong to God. It's important to recognize that your children did not come to be yours by accident. Uh, they came because God wanted your particular children to have the particular parents uh, that they have right now. God wanted your children to have the particular parents and wanted the particular parents to have the children they have. There are no accidents in this regard. You get the children you need, and they got the parents they need. This is so important for understanding some of the conflicts and difficulties that arise in a, parenting, in a parent-child relationship. If we can have a bigger picture understanding that our children belong to God, he's given them to us for a season, he's carefully selected us as their parents, and that there's a need for us to both teach them and learn from them, to shape their character and have our character shaped by them, we come to understand a much larger and better picture of what it means to be a parent as a steward. Now, as a parenting steward, the fact that your children belong to God means that you will value your child appropriately. Your children are gifts to be perished, or, or, uh, cherished, excuse me. They're gifts to be cherished. They are people, however, who are passing through your life. You know, one of the hardest things that uh, I sometimes have to help parents with, especially moms, is the fact that their children want to pull away from them and go off and establish their own lives. This may surprise you, but here at the seminary, one of the things I've had to do over the years is from time to time, counsel with students who are getting incredible pressure from their families to leave the ministry or to leave seminary and come back to live near them or be with them. I'm not talking about in a situation where there was a medical crisis or anything like that. I'm talking about people who just were so emotionally engaged with their children that they felt like they had to be with their children all the time, constantly, in order to have the family and relationship uh, that they were supposed to have or that they felt like they needed to have. 
God has made you steward of your children, not owner. You cherish them as a gift in your life for a season, but then you launch them or you move them on recognizing that they are people who are only passing through your life, not just passing to your life. Now, you may say, well, I don't believe that. I think our children ought to be with us forever. They ought to stay around us forever. We ought to have a close, dynamic family forever. No, you don't. You don't really believe that because you know that someday you're going to die. And when you do die, your children will no longer be closely connected to you. And so the reality is what you're saying by making those claims is, I'm selfishly wanting my children to stay around me and bring fulfillment in my life so that I'll feel better about myself and have a sense of emotional well-being no matter what it costs my children. Listen, children belong to God. We're stewards of them, not owners of them. They're a gift to be cherished for a while, but they move through our lives, not to our lives. Now, as a stewarding parent, this also means that you will seek God's best for your child, not what you want or or you need from your children. You know, Little League baseball sometimes gets a bad rap. I was involved with Little League for about 20, 25 years. I think it's one of the finest youth sports organizations in the world. And 99% of the people that I met and worked with through Little League Baseball were fabulous. There were, however, a few examples where I met what I call Little League parents. And that is parents who become so engrossed in Little League Baseball and so engrossed in what their children are accomplishing that they draw their emotional fulfillment from what the child is able to do. This can happen not only with Little League Baseball, it can happen with ballet, it can happen with choir, It can happen with speech contests. It can happen with uh, spelling bees. It can happen with sports. Any time that you find yourself as a parent drawing emotional fulfillment from what your children are able to accomplish to such an extent that you become emotionally uh, caught up in and emotionally dependent on the performance or behavior of your children, you know that you have that you have moved into an inappropriate kind of emotional connection with your children. So let's start here. As stewards, we recognize our children belong to God. And we recognize that uh, they came from God and that they're in our lives as a gift, but they're only passing through our lives. And along the way, we're responsible to do what's best for our children, not what meets our needs or what brings us personal satisfaction. Stewards take this approach. Now, that leads me to go on and say that as stewards, we're responsible to train our children. Now, back to the story of Hannah and Elkanah. They, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, they left Samuel with the priests for training. And the Bible says that as a part of their, tra- their initial training and the priest's subsequent training, that Samuel grew through what were really some unusual and difficult circumstances into, a ser- into God's servant. Now, as a steward, you're responsible to train your children to live for God. This means that you're responsible to train them to find and follow God's plan for their lives, not your plan for their lives. Now, this came home to me in a pretty direct and uh, kind of a humorous way a few years ago. Uh, We were living in the San Francisco Bay Area, and my daughter, uh, Melody, was living in Los Angeles. My son, Caleb, was living in Eugene, Oregon, and my son, Casey, was living in Washington, D.C. And if you drew a giant triangle 
uh, that connected those three cities, and then you put us uh, in San Francisco, we were about as far from those three children as you could possibly be and still live in the continental United States. So they happened to all be home for a holiday, and I was joking around with how far away they had all moved, and I said uh, something like this. I said, I can't believe how far you've all moved. Was it something I said? <laughs> and my boys just kind of laughed, but my daughter, who's usually the most uh, compassionate of the bunch, turned to me and said, actually, it was something you said. Well, the room got quiet, and I got really serious and said, well, Melody, uh, what did I say that caused you to all move so far away? And she smiled and said, Daddy, you told us to go and make a life, and we did. That was a great moment in our relationship as parent and child, and for really all of my children who heard that and all nodded agreement. We trained our children from the early days. God has a plan for your life. Go find it. Go live it. Uh, that was hard on us sometimes because just like a lot of parents, my wife and I enjoy our children. We want to be around them more. But, but we trained our children to find God's plan and to fulfill it, not just to do what was convenient for our family or what brought us emotional well-being or emotional stability. You know, my mother was a remarkable woman. She did not openly profess her faith in Christ until she was 60 years old. But we always had a very close relationship, even before she openly identified as a Christian in that way. Uh, when I was uh, first going into ministry, she was very affirming of that choice for me. And then when I made the decision to move from the Midwest to Portland, Oregon, to plant a church, I, I wondered, what, what would my mother think of me for doing that? Um, I mean, I had a good job in the Midwest. I was the pastor of a healthy church. I had a nice, uh, reasonable salary. I had a good small staff. Uh, I had, uh, at that point, two or, well, three children. And, and I knew I was taking a great risk to move to Oregon. And so I, I called my mother and I explained to her, uh, you know, why we were moving to Oregon, why we were going so far away, what it meant for me, and why I felt like that God wanted me to do it. And as I said, my mother at that time wasn't really openly identifying as a Christian. She wasn't involved in any church. And, and I didn't really know how she would take this news that I was moving our family and all of her uh, connections with our grandchildren even farther away. Well, my mother wrote me a letter after that phone call, and I still have that letter. It's a prized possession of mine. It's on a small piece of uh, yellow uh, legal paper, and I'll quote it for you. It says, Dear Jeff, Phones call, planes fly, go to Oregon and never look back. Love, Mom. My mother taught me to find my life and to live it. I taught my children to find God's life for them and to live it. That's what parents do who are stewards. We recognize that we're responsible to train our children to live not for, our, not for a relationship with us or for our well-being, but for themselves and for God and to fulfill what he wants them to do in their lives. Now, as a steward, this means that you have a responsibility to train your children in at least two broad categories. The first one is what I call training them personally. Now, there's a lot that's been said and written about this, so I'll just mention it briefly. 
you know, parents are the primary trainers of their children. We shape their character. We teach them life skills. Uh, we make sure they learn what they need to go forward and live the life that God has for them to live. Uh, in the case of our children, we each, in, 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 with each one of them, we had to set up uh, different and unique circumstances that would help them learn character or skills or different kind of aspects of life because they're different children. They needed different learning activities and different uh, responsibilities and different rewards and even different punishments. But our responsibility was to personally understand our children as best we could and train them. But I want to talk about another kind of training that's also important, and that is it's important to train our children by proxy. Now, what I mean by that is uh, it's important to find other people who can teach our children things we can't teach them or who can teach our children in ways that we can't teach them. That's why it's important that you're, you're careful about choosing your, your, the, the, the teachers that your children have. It's important about choosing the youth pastor or the children's pastor that works with them. Uh, it's important about getting them the right kind of coaching or teaching to bring out of them the talents they may have. Uh, that's why you may uh, need dance instructors or music instructors or math tutors or uh, athletic coaches. You, you, you see the, the child that's developing and your stewardship responsibilities to bring the best out of that child. And so you, you find their interests and you find what they need to learn how to do and you bring other people into their lives uh, to help them to do that. And I want to tell you about one parenting strategy that we use that uh, has paid off great dividends in our family. And this was proxy parenting. When our children were in their teenage or in their grade school years, I, I realized both from watching other families and from my studies and my uh, work as a ministry leader that there was going to come a time when my children as teenagers would largely tune me out. In other words, uh, as their parent, they would stop listening to me most directly and stop confiding in me about their issues. I knew this was inevitable, and so rather than fight against it, I tried to, or I found a way to. Uh, to strategize to get some pro a proxy, some proxy parents into my children's lives, and our proxy parents were a couple named Lance and Jennifer. Now, Lance and Jennifer may be listening to this podcast, and you may wonder if they know about this part of our story, and they most certainly do. Uh, I've talked about them, uh, talked about this with them often. Uh, when our children were in their child, chi older childhood years, Lance and Jennifer were in their early twenties, and they just gotten married. And we reached out to them and developed a really strong relationship with them. We had them take care of our children. We traveled. We took them on vacation with us occasionally. We had them in our home for events and family activities. Um, we built the Logues, Lance and Jennifer, into our lives and into our children's lives. And our children loved them and appreciated them and admired them because as a young married couple in the early 20s, uh, they were really cool people that our children really wanted to be around. And so for about the next 10 years... Um, Lance and Jennifer had a dynamic relationship with our children. They spent hours talking with them on the phone. They spent time going to their ball games. They invested in their lives, and we invest and, and invested in our family by being sort of proxy parents, if you will, to our children. Now, I never asked Lance and Jennifer what our children were saying to them or talking to about them. I, I never pried into that relationship. I had a lot of confidence in Lance and Jennifer as a young couple, and I believed that they were saying to my children the very things that I would have said if given the opportunity, that they were speaking into their lives uh, the words that I would share 
uh, you know, as a parent, if my children were still listening to me as they wanted to talk about everything from school challenges to peer group challenges to girl and boy challenges and all the things that teenagers want to talk about with a trusted friend. So for those many years, we had proxy parents in our lives. Now today, you know, our children are all adults. Two of them have their own children. They're still good friends with Lance and Jennifer. And in fact, just a month ago, uh, Lance and Jennifer brought their two children to our home in California and spent a week with us. We still have a dynamic relationship with this fabulous couple. What I'm challenging you to do as a parent is to recognize that you have a responsibility as a steward to train your children. Now, you can't always do it all personally. Sometimes you have to do it by proxy. Be intentional about this. Be strategic. Find people who can make the kind of difference in your children's lives that you want made and bring those people into relationship with your kids. And train other people to do this as well. And then finally, <clears throat> as stewards, not only do we recognize that our children belong to God and we have to train our children to live for God, we finally as stewards have to release our children to, to follow God's plan and to establish their own lives. You know, God called Samuel to be a prophet in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and in chapter 4, he starts his work of confronting the sins of a nation. You know, if I were, if I was Samuel's father, I wouldn't have wanted him to have that job. I, I would have wanted someone else to do that job, and for him to have a nicer, quieter, a more lucrative position where he could be around and be supportive and be a part of my life. I mean, that's what I would have wanted, but that's not what God wanted for Samuel. God wanted Samuel to be a prophet to the nations. And so it's important for you as a parent and for us to teach other parents in our churches and ministry organizations to ask this question, God, what do you want from my children? And then God, help me to prepare them for what you want them to do and release them uh, for that task. You know, a long time ago, my wife and I wrote this very simple sentence. Our parenting goal is to produce spiritually growing, emotionally healthy, functioning adults. We never really thought of ourselves as creating spiritually growing, emotionally healthy children or teenagers. It was always for us, how do we get these people to adulthood, to where they are adult friends of ours and peers with us, living their own lives independently from us spiritually, independently from us emotionally, and functioning independently of us as adults. That's all, that was always our goal. We wanted uh, our children to find and follow God's plan, which meant that we had to produce people, children who were spiritually independent from us, meaning that they found their own way, their own church, their own church membership, their own uh, way of studying the Bible, their own way of worshiping, their own way of giving, their own way of engaging in mission. We wanted our children to live for God, but we wanted them to do it independently of us so that they wouldn't always be like us and we'd bless them for being different than us. We wanted our children to be emotionally independent from us. We did not want them to be dependent on us, but we did not also want to be dependent on them. Now, this is a real struggle for parents that are, getting, that are my age. Uh, we want our children and our grandchildren to live close to us, be a part of our lives, do things together. Everyone wants this, and who wouldn't, especially if you have a really strong, dynamic relationship like we have with our children. But the reality is our children live a long way from us. And there are days when that's lonely and that we have a sense of loss in that. But then we remind ourselves, we trained our children to live independently from us, to live not only independently um, financially and independently spiritually, but to live independently emotionally. 
that they would find in their spouse and in their own family the primary fulfillment they're looking for in life, and that they would develop a network of their own friends that they would have, that they would draw from for stability and for strength, and that they would have a good bond with us, but that we wouldn't be so dependent on each other that they couldn't go off and live the life God has for them. Well, spiritual, emotional independence leads to adult accountability, meaning that we want, to, we want our children to ultimately be accountable for themselves, for their families, for their community, and for their church. We want them to be accountable for others and to be willing to make the choice to do what God wants them to do in fulfilling those responsibilities. Well, this is a podcast that may not on the surface seem to be a lot about leadership of churches and ministry organizations. But it does lay out a perspective, I think, that's vital for people in ministry organizations to both practice in their own families and then teach others to practice. I'm trying to bring a bit of balance today. Yes, I believe we should protect our children. Yes, I believe we should nurture emotional relationships with our children. Yes, I believe in that kind of closeness in family. But I'm pushing back just a bit and saying that as parents, we're stewards. We're stewards of the lives of our children that come to us as a gift from God, that pass through our lives and are only a part of our lives for a season. We're responsible to train them both personally and by proxy to fulfill, to find and fulfill God's plan for their lives. And when we do that, we ultimately produce spiritually growing, emotionally healthy, functioning adults that we're proud of, that we have a good relationship with, but we recognize, live independently of us and us of them so that we all might have ultimate allegiance to God. Failure at this point is what's holding some people back from going to the mission field. As one girl said, oh, I could never do that. My mama would never let that happen. Failure to do this is the guilt that's causing some people to be crippled in their inability to move on from their relationship with their families and do what God wants. They, they, their parents just will not release them to go forward and do all that they're supposed to do. So I'm challenging us today to recognize that while we're supposed to protect our children and nurture our children and have close emotional bonds with them, as parents, we're stewards, not owners. Our children belong to God, and we have to release them and intentionally send them to do all that God wants them to do. The stewardship of parenting, it's a part of our work. It's a part of what we have to teach others as we lead on.